uh, Dr. Lee and Margarita. And when we pulled up to the uh, courtyard motel, there was a car sitting there. And this lady got out with a cane. And uh, she smiled at us and went in. And the next thing I know, after a while, Carol comes out, which went in, and Dr. Lee and Margarita came out. And he met this lady with the cane on the elevator, prayed for her, and God healed her this afternoon on that elevator. Now, if God can do that at the courtyard, he can do it at Bethel. When you think so, amen. Amen. Dr. Lee uh, attained, attended Regent University and obtained first an MA degree in world missions in 1988 and later earned a doctor of ministry in 1997. He is currently the founder and president of River of Life Ministries and also Door of Hope Foundation. He has traveled, listen to this, he's traveled to more than 100 countries and experienced the move of the Holy Spirit around the world. And to date, he, by his leadership and ministry and others, have planted over 800 churches in 12 different countries. He and Margarita have two grown children and five grandchildren. And for us to have grandchildren, we know how sweet that is. Will you make him welcome tonight, Dr. Lee? Thank you very much. Well, um, this is my great honor and privilege to be here today. And uh, I am part of the, the fellowship with the pastors and Dan and uh, Don and Carol. And uh, they had a, a pastor's retreat with the crews in, in, to Mexico. And so Margaret and I, my wife, one and only wife for 40 years, <laughs> we just stand up briefly. So uh, we went to this cruise, and uh, Pastor Don and uh, Sister Carol just embraced us, and uh, we didn't know anybody, and they just made us feel so welcome there. And uh, now I am here, so it's just a great blessing to be here. Uh, I just wanted to uh, briefly share with you, uh, I have been called by the Lord to serve uh, the Lord in the nations, and uh, from the very beginning of my Christianity, I got saved in international students, uh, uh, you know, gathering at the Missionary Alliance Church in Manhattan in 1976. And through that, we had a, every Friday night, 300 international students from 80 different nationalities would gather and uh, worship the Lord. So I thought that all the American church uh, was like that, but I quickly found out that was not the case. And uh, that's where I met uh, my wife-to-be. I never imagined that I'm originally, originally from South Korea, and I never imagined that I will have a Colombian-American wife. She's originally from Bogota, Colombia, but uh, she's actually 60% European. We did a DNA test, and I found out that uh, she's only 35% Colombian and 0% indigenous people in that part of the world. So, well, praise God. God has a humor, put two different people together. You know, like Koreans are very steep people. We don't really know how to do huggy-huggy and kissy-kissy those days, you know? <laughs> and uh, we had to bow down and all that. And when I went to my wife's home, it was a big cultural shock. 
because they just hug and they just kiss and huggy, huggy, you know, all the time. And I didn't know what to do. You know, I got froze, frozen, chosen back then, you know, very quickly because I was scared. And, uh, and uh, that was my first in- introduction to Latin cultural family. And then we went out and had a, you know, lunch and came back two hours later. And then her family lined up again and gave me a hug one by one again. So I said, hello, I was here two hours ago, you know. <laughs> but I begin to love that culture somewhat better than Korean culture because Korean culture, they never hug, you know, and, uh, and so on. So I like Latin culture. <laughs> Praise God. And then God made me, uh, you know, I, God gave me an international wife, so I immediately thought that God wanted me to be a missionary, so maybe I will be a missionary to Colombia. So I was talking to God about that, and then the, I thought that God would be very happy with me, right? You know, when some young man wants to be a missionary, but uh, he wasn't so happy with me, actually. He said that, uh, you're saved, all right, but you are like an undisciplined wild horse that I cannot ride. So undisciplined wild horse is no good for me in the mission field. If I send you to the front line, you'll be killed. So you need to be disciplined. So I said to the Lord, God, whatever it takes, discipline me. And, uh, you know, you be very careful what you negotiate with God. I mean, you know, God has a totally different plan than sometimes what you think. Next word that I heard from God was that join American Air Force. I will train you there. I thought this voice was of the devil because I wanted to be a missionary. <laughs> Can you imagine that I'm rebuking God, you know, and I said, Satan, get thee behind of me and all these things. I was theologically totally up based those days. Three months I fought with God and finally God said, no, 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 you remember that you asked me to discipline you? So I want you to join the Air Force so I can discipline you. Make a long story short, I was in American Air Force for 10 long years. And the last assignment was, uh, I was in Germany with the NATO AWACS, and I was a senior director in the plane, and I was a planning officer, so I planned everything, and flew those days 9.5 hours. Every time we take the mission was 9.5 hours. And uh, God was really preparing me to become a missionary to many, many nations, and I'm flying constantly in the, into the nations. And I just come back uh, the day before, uh, actually yesterday midnight after midnight from uh, Cyprus. Uh, we had a secret conference there. All the uh, Central Asian uh, indigenous missionaries working in the Islamic world came out of there and then gave us first-hand report of what's, what's going on in that part of the world, because uh, uh, my heart is burning to evangelize unrich people groups. And how we're going to do it is by training converted Hindus uh, to become a missionary to Hindu world, and converted uh, and trained the Buddhist people to be missionary to Buddhist world, and then the Muslim to become an Islamic world, because uh, nowadays Western Americans and Westerners are not good candidates for missionary to the nations because you are an open target if you are American, especially white Americans. So we have to use different strategies. So I wanted to show you some videos of uh, what our ministry is all about. So you can pray for us because uh, we are part of the same family. Amen? Amen. And after, I'm going to show you that and then the, I'm going to show you the Ukrainian uh, video that uh, we tr- I trained the last three years, uh, more than a couple hundred Ukrainian young people to become a missionaries. Because they speak Russians, so they are the perfect candidate for former Soviet Union blocks of unriched people groups. And Ukrainian young people, I mean, whole Ukrainian people makes only $150 a month. 
but they are sending missionaries out to the nations now, you know. And so this is a very powerful uh, uh, witness for what's happening there. So I want to show that video first, and then the, you know, uh, please, uh, I, I, have to, I have to ask you to excuse me because I don't preach normally in America. I only preach in the nations, and so I am not like evangelists accustomed to preaching to the American tribes, you know. So. <laughs> Uh, we don't know what's going to happen tonight, but let's open our hearts and uh, we will see what God does. Amen? Amen. All right. Would you show the video first? Each day, as we watch international news, we witness the unfolding of the book of Revelation. We are truly living in the last hour of the last days. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all of the world and to all the nations, and then the end will come. There are still over 6,500 people groups that haven't heard or had access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem is the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I want to understand, sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to the place you don't want to go. The Global Harvest Network, GHN, was launched in order to empower indigenous missionaries to bring the gospel of the kingdom to their own unreached people groups. For this to happen, they need a simple tool such as the Global Harvest Network training materials that are purely based on the scriptures of the Bible to teach them how to move in kingdom authority and power. It's, it's a, a simple way of communicating the basics of the gospel as well as other understandings of spiritual warfare and those kinds of things that, that believers need to understand. But you could really work with this even if you just had an elementary school education. The initial stage is to mobilize 300 U.S. GHN certified trainers. After this, we ask that they commit at least 10 days a year to go and equip 300 indigenous GHN missions mobilizers in one of the nine designated regions in the world. By 2018, each of these nine regions should have 300 indigenous missions mobilizers. And with the 300 from the U.S., there will be a total of 3,000 GHN certified missions mobilizers in the world. These 3,000 certified indigenous GHN missions mobilizers will be a launch to equip already evangelized people groups nearest to the unreached people groups in their region. For example, converted Muslims are the best candidates to be trained as GHN missions mobilizers to evangelize the unreached people groups in the Islamic world because they have cultural and linguistic connections that those outside do not have. The same principles can be applied to the converted Hindus and Buddhists, and so on. Our vision is to see the initial 3,000 turn into 30,000, 300,000, and eventually 3 million in the next 10 years. Once there are 3 million indigenous missionaries engaging in evangelizing 6,500-plus unreached people groups, then we have a greater chance of making the Great Commission become the Great Completion in this generation. We would like to ask you to pray about joining alongside us to become a certified GHN missions mobilizer to make a difference in the world for the glory of God. For more information, visit www.rlmva.org. God bless you, and we're looking forward to seeing you in one of our Global Harvest Network conferences in the future. Ukrainian videos.
and uh, we will be gathering uh, about 80 indigenous uh, missionaries and mission leaders there. Some of them will come out of Bhutan and Tibet and uh, Nepal and Bangladesh as well. And so uh, Global Hubs Network is nothing but we equip them and train them. So tomorrow morning, 9 to 12 o'clock, uh, I will show just one course out of uh, this Global Hubs Network called How to Walking in Kingdom Authority and Power, amen? So that you will be able to know how to move in the uh, signs and wonders and miracles, just like the Book of Acts. So, so we, are, we want to resurrect the Book of Acts, amen? Because that's the best example for the church. Amen? amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I will be going up to uh, India and uh, gathering uh, these uh, Indian missionaries working amongst the almost about uh, 100 unreached people groups in that region. So, we're going to train them and so they can train others. Amen? So, that's basically what we do. And then the April, I go back to Ukraine and two different cities and I'll be having a Global Harvest Network conference uh, there. And then the May, we go to Colombia and then the June, if the Lord wills, uh, I have an invitation to go to South Korea to train Korean military people. Uh, they said they will gather almost 5,000 to 10,000 Korean military people so that, uh, uh, you know, I'm part of the officers' uh, Christian fellowship in U.S. And uh, they found out that I was, a, you know, originally from South Korea. So if that works out, you know, already all the speakers are lined up. So they said... Uh, they're not sure that it's going to be possible for me to come this June, but uh, uh, that's coming up. In July, I go back to uh, Ukraine again. And then the September, I'll go to Kyrgyzstan, Islamic world, which is still doors open. So we're going to gather people from Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and some may be coming from uh, different, maybe Kazakhstan as well, and we'll train the young leaders to moving in kingdom authority and power to evangelize their own world. Amen. So uh, in the future, if the Lord wills, after tomorrow's uh, uh, conference, just as a uh, just cornerstone of the Global Hubs Network training, and uh, tomorrow morning, if you come, I will teach you how you can move in kingdom authority and power. Because uh, many religious spirits taught us that only super you know, evangelists like Benny Hinn can move in the signs and wonders and miracles. But that's not true. If Jesus who was in Apostle Paul, who was in uh, Apostle Peter and John, the same Jesus lives inside of you, yes. amen? amen? Because of him, all of you can move in great signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus Christ, who lives inside of you, is the miracle maker, and because the miracle maker lives inside of you, either you believe it or not, you are a miracle maker, amen? And so we need to allow that to happen, so tomorrow, uh, at the end, I'm going to have an impartation prayer. So whoever comes, you're going to be receiving impartation. And then Saturday night, when we pray for sick people, you're going to pray with me, those who you know, want to be a ministry team, so that after I leave, you guys can keep praying, and signs and wonders and miracles and kingdom authority and power must move in this church, amen? Many evangelists just come and they do whatever they are gifted in. When they leave, they go with their gifting, right? I want to give the gift that I freely received from the Lord. It's a free gift. Can I just kind of share this free gift with you? And it's okay for you to take it, all right? It's absolutely, I won't charge, okay? <laughs> so it's a free gift I received freely. Anything God gives unto you is a free gift. But they will make you think that you have to work to achieve that free gift. 
You have to study, you have to pray, and all these things to acquire what is given to you freely. Of course, we need to pray and read the Bible and go to Bible school and all that. Why do we need to do that? Because mighty kingdom authority and power is already within us, but we do not know how to use them wisely. That's why we need to pray. Not to gain that power, but because we have a power, but we don't know how to use them wisely and effectively. That's why we need to fast and pray. That's why we need to read the Bible. That's why we need to go to Bible school. Amen? Amen. This side, amen, is stronger. Amen? <laughs> How about this side? Amen? All right. Because whatever you believe, whatever you believe, it can happen to you. But I have to tell you, whatever you don't believe, you will never taste. You will never experience what you don't believe. So tonight, let's open our hearts and let's begin to believe. Amen? Because God has the power to touch you. See, God brought me here and brought you here because he wants to have a divine connection. You know, divine encounter here. I was in Norway and ministering to 40 high school young people. And I'm, you know, Norwegian pastor said to me, ah, these are high school kids. You have 15 minutes to tell them about some missionary story because uh, they are uh, not going to give you any more than attention than 15 minutes. So I said, okay, well, let's see what God will do. And uh, I, I was telling them about some miracle stories happening in the mission field and so on. And one Norwegian young man stood, you know, raised his hand and said, Hey, Dr. Lee, we heard that a lot. You know, miracle happens in Asia and Africa and so on. But that miracle doesn't happen in Norway. Then it doesn't mean anything to us. So I said, all right. Do we have any sick person in this congregation, in this group that need to be healed? And everybody pointed the finger to one young lady. And... Uh, uh, make a long story short or longer, you know, I asked this young lady what happened to her and uh, her uh, ankle was broken, but it didn't set correctly, so they had to re-break the ankle and, uh, you know, uh, and she was just in great pain. So I asked her to come forward and she came and uh, everybody's watching me now. So I said in my heart, you know, God, you got to move, okay? <laughs> I didn't come in my name. I came in Jesus' name, so you have to move, Lord. Anyway, that was praying in my heart, you know, because I want these Norwegian young people to be saved. But, you know, many young people in America and Norway, same, they had enough of religiosity, but they want to see real things, amen? Yes, they do. And they want to see real things happening in their own eyes. So I, you know, asked her to come, and she was just moving slowly, and she was in great pain. So I told her, if Jesus is right here, and if he would pray for you, do you believe that you can be healed? And she smiled, oh, of course, if Jesus is here, I will be healed. So I told her next, I'm telling you, Jesus is here. And where is he? He lives inside of me. That's what the Bible says. So I, when I pray, I don't pray in my name. I pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. And he uses my hand. He uses my mouth. And I'm going to speak to you. And you believe that you will be healed. And so would you believe you can be healed? Well, I, I guess. Well, well, this is important because if this young lady doesn't have a no belief, no faith in Jesus, I can pray all night and all day, nothing's going to happen. She needs to have a, at least a little bit, little bit hooked to the faith that Jesus can heal her. And so I prayed for her, but God was gracious that they moved in a powerful way. And she got healed in three minutes, completely. And she was in tears. You know, she could you know, tap on the ground and there was no pain whatsoever. 
And then another young lady just ran toward me. See, one miracle will cause the other to have a faith yeah. in the Lord. And one young lady came and she is a cross-country runner. But she got injured, her knee badly, so she couldn't run anymore for like three months. So she said, could you pray for me? I prayed for her. She got healed instantly and put the sneaker on, went, ran out of that place and ran around, you know, very fast. And she came back in tears. And four other young people need the healing and they all got healed. Now I had absolute attention from these 40 young people. And I was able to lead 39 out of 40 gave their lives to the Lord. Hallelujah. And the day, <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, let's give God the glory. It's not from me. It's from Jesus. And uh, they have to go back home by ferry because they are living in many little islands. And 7.30, ferry departs. And uh, the Lutheran pastor said, hey, 7.30, ferry departs, so you guys need to go. And they said, all of them said, we don't want to go. We want to hear more about God. So I begin to tell them about, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you want to be you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, come forward. I pray for them. And all, only one guy who asked me a question, he's the only one who didn't accept Jesus Christ. He left 7.30. It was a good thing that he left because he's the only one, one unbeliever is in amongst the 39 believers now. And they got all baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now, more than, more than 12 of them became a missionary out of that group. Hallelujah. And they are still writing to me in the Facebook as a friend, you know. And so one encounter with God can transform totally pagan culture. You know, Norwegian kids get transformed by the power of God. And the important thing is that tonight you came here and tonight you're going to have a special encounter with Jesus. Amen. If you have that, you will never be the same again. And this Durham is never going to be the same again because of you. Because you're not going to move the way you used to move no more. Once you are touched by the power of God, you have to move like Jesus moves. You will do what Jesus wants to yes. do through you. You know, I always pray that whoever needs a healing, just bring them near me. And today, the Sister Carol brought me some few things to my room. So put that into the room first. So I'm going into the room with this little bag, and then this lady with the cane comes right into the same elevator. And immediately... Spirit of God said to me, I'm going to heal her. Because of what I heard from the Lord, I have now absolute confidence. See, I cannot do anything unless I see what Jesus wants to do. You know what I mean? Amen. I cannot do anything with my own accord. You know, I cannot use the name of Jesus just like a you know, little pond whenever I want to use. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus uses me whenever he wants to, if I'm willing to be used. See, I'm nothing but the microphone. See, Jesus can grab hold of me and he can turn it on and he can speak through me and he can perform the signs and wonders and miracles through me and then when the work is done, he turns it off. You know, I'm just his simple microphone. And you are too. You know? But my question is that when God grab hold of you and turn it on and use you to do something powerful through right. you, see? Otherwise, we can be just, you know, gathering, social, religious gathering. Those days are over. Mighty things happening out there. How long are you going to be satisfied with just come to church and warm the pews every Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Not this church, but some of the American churches that I go, they, are, they have a lot of them professional pew warmers. You know? 
And they brag about how, check my pew. My pew is warmer than your pew because uh, I've been coming to your, my church for more than 20 years. But question is not about warming the pews. Uh, how many souls you have touched and healed and delivered? Amen? So we, if we say we are Christian means a little Christ, then you need to evaluate each week, Monday through Saturday, what have I done with Christ who lives inside of me? That's your question, amen? Yes. So from this night on, we're going to change our way of walking with God anymore, you know? So anyway, this lady, I said, you know, can I pray for you? So what happened to your knees? And oh, I had two knee surgeries and I'm just not normal anymore. Well, I can pray for you and you can be healed. And she said, I'm a pastor too. So I said, I'm a missionary. <laughs> Travel many parts. And, and uh, yeah, pray for me. So as soon as we got out of the, she was going to third floor. So I was supposed to get up at second floor. But when God speaks to my heart, I'm not getting out at second floor. <laughs> and uh, Marita was wondering and Sister Carol was wondering what's happened to me because I wasn't coming down quickly. So I went up to the third floor right there and I began to pray for her and all of a sudden she just dropped her cane and began to walk and walk back and forth and say, give me your contact information. So I gave her my contact information and she sent the contact information for me and she's a pastor, pastor in South, uh, South Carolina. So praise God, what kind of divine appointment is that? I mean, praise God for that, amen? amen? And who did that? It's not me, it's Jesus inside of me who has the power to make things happen. Amen? All right. So I, this message that I'm going to share with you, I really believe is a prophetic message for you. Because this church has been around for more than 50 years. Am I right? Yeah. Now, you have been blessed by the Lord for the past 50 years. And many of you are recipients of that blessings. You had a great pastor and the pastor's wife and the team. I'm in this uh, church as a legacy. Amen? Now this legacy has to be expanded for the glory of God. So that's why God brought you here. Amen? And I'm going to pray for you at the end and let the power of God come and touch you Hallelujah. and begin to transform this church to be a Book of Acts church once again. Doing the things as the way happened in the Book of Acts. That's our best example. Amen? If you read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus only taught one-third of the time. Two-thirds of the time, he demonstrated what he taught. That's why there's a plenty of story of he went to see the crippled and blind eyes got opened and the lepers were healed and deaf ears were healed and the you know, demon-possessed people got delivered. That's the business of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yes. And if he lives inside of you, his desire is to set somebody free. So then lead somebody to the kingdom of God. Amen? And today... I watched the Billy Graham's homegoing service. What a great man he was. And, you know, he left a great legacy. But, you know, wind was blowing really hard today. So I said, Lord, may this be the wind of the Holy Spirit. As the Billy Graham went to heaven, he's probably praying one thing. Let your wind of the Holy Spirit come back to America. Blow this country away by the wind of God. And I, that's what I was praying. Lord, let the wind of God come back to this land once again. You know, 1994, Billy Graham had a crusade in Moscow. And I was one of the uh, blessed ones that had a privilege of sitting in the podium behind the clip barrel for four nights and witnessing everything happening in there. And I had a privilege of talking with the, Dr. Billy Graham for 15 minutes. And he just got, came out of the North Korea just a few months prior. 
And he was excited to tell me that I met with Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-un's right now, his grandfather. And I have talked with him for 30 minutes and I shared the gospel with him. What a mighty man. I mean, he was even go to North Korea and talk to this communist regime and he would give him attention for 30 minutes and he said, I share everything about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And at the end, I have a good feeling he secretly gave his life to Jesus, Jesus Christ, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we need another man, another young man like Billy Graham rising up. Amen. And uh, so I want to read. Receive his latter, latter reign of blessings. Amen. That's what the title of today's, uh, tonight's message. Joel chapter 2, 23 to 27 says this. Be glad then, you children of Zion. But I want to say, you children of Bethel Christian Center. Amen. And rejoice in the Lord, your God. Tonight, you're going to rejoice in the Lord because I don't know exactly what God is going to do. If you're sick, I want you to believe. Tonight, be the night, maybe you're going to be healed. Amen. See, now faith is substance of things hoped for. If you're sick, what are you hoping for? You're hoping for the days that you were not sick. Amen. So that's what you're hoping for. And the evidence of things not seen yet. You haven't seen yet, but as you believe, it can happen to you. Amen. Ukrainian video, that last July, over 40 people got miraculously healed in seven days. Amen. And because of that, my, all these Ukrainian young people are totally transformed and they are waiting for me to come back in July. And uh, we're going to expect to see great and mighty things to take place. He has given you the former rain faithfully. I mean, in this church, it's a beautiful sanctuary. I could feel the peace of God as I walked in here, you know. I could feel the grace of God. I could feel the mercy of God has been carried you through all these years. So, he has given you former rain faithfully. Whenever you need something, God has faithfully provided you all the former rain. Am I right? Yes. He's a faithful God. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. He said now he's going to, he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. I want you to understand that the, the first day of Nisan, which is the New Year's Day of Jewish calendar of to this year in uh, our calendar is uh, 2018. But Jewish calendar is uh, 5,778. That's their uh, calendar, 5,778. First day of Nisan is March 17, this month. So in a sense, this month is the first month for you. Amen? So I want, I want to speak to you prophetically. He said... The former rain and the latter rain in the first month, this month, March, God's going to pour out to you. Amen? Yes. Are you ready for that? Yes. Amen? All right. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. New wine and oil. What does that mean? See, you cannot, you cannot sustain the uh, church and expand the kingdom of God with the old wine and all the oil. See, you need a new wine. Yes. You need a new oil. You need a new wine skin. Amen? And new oil. Younger generation of new wine and oil to flood into this place. In order for that to take place, you got to go to them. You cannot just praying and hoping that God will drop them over here. 
that just doesn't happen. Amen? And there's universities everywhere. You got to now strategically pray and see how God can use you to meet them in highways and byways and everywhere. Amen? So that's what you have to do. All right? And uh, so I will restore to you the ears that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. See, the devil has come and eat something is rightfully belong to you. Sometimes you have lost the divine help and you've been struggling for years, you know. This is not all to be. We're going to be healthy. We're going to receive anointing of living in divine health. Amen? Amen. God said, I'm going to bless the bread and water in your house in the uh, Exodus he talks about, and then I'll take away sickness away from you. And so we can live with divine health. With the divine health. That's the way we ought to be. Amen? So, and I will restore to you the, uh, okay, all the things the devil has eaten. My great army which I sent among you, and, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt uh, wonder, wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Amen? He said, you will never be put to shame. Because you're going to walk with God. You're going to walk in His fresh new, new wine and new oil. And new uh, lateral rain is going to come upon you. Amen? One thing we have to do is get rid of uh, religious garments, traditions, and all the things uh, pulling us away from receiving lateral rain. Amen? We've got to be real with God. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, but I am in the midst of Bethel Christian Center. Amen? He is in the midst of you. Alright? And I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Amen? So this is what God is prophetically speaking to you. So you need to accept it. You know, God is not a respecter of the people or nor the respecter of age or gender. Nothing. Anybody said to God, I am available for this new rain to flow through me so that I can be a great blessing to new generation of young people. God is going to call to occupy this church so that they can go out and transform the culture of this America once again. Amen? Yes. So what is revival? Actually, Miriam, Miriam Webster's definition of mir- the revival. An act or instance of reviving. Makes sense, right? The state of being revived. Well, that's great. But what are we being revived, revived for? What is the bar- barometer where, where we need to look at it? So true revival means restoration of force, validity, or effect as to an original contract. For instance, companies, let's say, making soap. And in the beginning, they produce very fine soap. So everybody bought the soap. But as days goes by, they kind of cut the corners and so on. And the soap quality begins to degrade, you know, uh, degrade it, and the people do not buy anymore because they said, it's not like it used to be. Right? So how do you revive that soap? Go back to the original ingredient, how did we create that original soap? And then you, when you go back to that original blueprint and produce the soap as it was, and all of a sudden it's revived. Yes. 
Yes. You know? Well, in the church, what is our blueprint that we need to go back? That's the book of Acts. And the forces, how God moved with the great forces. I mean, the Philip, the deacon, I mean, he wasn't even apostle. Go to Samaria, and great signs and wonders and miracles took place. Paralytics were healed, crippled were healed, and many demonic bound people got set free by the deacon. Young guy, he could have been, you know, maybe late teenager, 19 years, 17, 18 years old, to maybe young 20s. But this young man moved in mighty signs and wonders and miracles in such a way, whole Samaria began to hear the gospel. Amen? And they came to Jesus Christ. That was a force by one man. And then, what was a validity? When he preached the name of Jesus, same miracle Jesus performed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John took place. So they, they were able to validate, wow, this man is really man of God. This man is truly from Jesus Christ. Same thing happened to the apostle too. When, you know, Peter resurrected dead Dorcas, whole region heard the gospel because of the one miracle. Amen? Yeah. So that's the whole thing. It validates this is a real deal. This is truly from Jesus Christ. Amen? Like I went to Jordan. I'm on Jordan. And I preached the gospel. And Jordanian Christians are very, very afraid to evangelize their neighbors because if they do that and call doing that, they can be beheaded. Because according to the Sharia law, you cannot convert Muslim to become a Christian. So they're very afraid. So I was doing revival meeting and uh, I was getting just like, I didn't come over there for to only minister to the Christians. I said, I want to transform Muslims. So I said to them, go knock on the Islamic homes of your neighbors and anybody is deadly sick this Saturday night meeting, I want you to bring them to the church. They said, oh, that can be very dangerous. Well, in the book of Acts, Apostle Paul moved in very dangerous way too. Otherwise, how, you know, if you do not risk, how can kingdom of God can move? You know, violent taking by force. Amen? Yes. And sometimes we have to be like a harmless, like a dove. But sometimes we need to become a lion of Judah. Amen? Yes. And we need to have a balance. Amen? So they brought all these uh, sick people. 17 of them came. But two of them were totally blind, brother and sister, and Margarita was with me. And we begin to minister to them. And we pray hard. But I didn't ask these Christian people to bring the Muslim sick people to come by my own idea. I was praying to the Lord with Margarita. And the Lord spoke to me. Tell them to bring them. And I will perform the miracle. That's why I had a confidence. Because I heard. This is what the Lord said. So, you know, I wanted to remind God. You know, I know you guys don't remind God. But time to time I remind God, you know. God, you are the one who asked me to do this, so you must move tonight. <laughs> Is that the case? Are you going to move? <laughs> he said, yeah, 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 don't worry, I'll move. Okay, God, that's good. So we begin to call them. And uh, at first, I didn't wanna, we didn't want to pray for the blind one first, because if they didn't get healed, then, you know, rest of them, forget about that, you know. So we wanted to heal them the last. So we kind of looked for the, the uh, weakest case first and say, okay, God, you got to move. I prayed. <laughs> and then they got healed. I said, Margaret and I look at each other. Yeah, God is moving. Go next one. And got healed again. And then again. And again. And the one in the wheelchair got healed. You know? 
And uh, I didn't even go to this blind brother and sister. They are asking, because they can hear. People get healed and they're screaming and, and all that. Say, when are you going to pray for us? <laughs> See, they, their faith is beginning to rise up. So at the end, we prayed for them and both of their blind eyes got open. Hallelujah. Guess what? 50 Muslims came to the church and got saved after that. All because of the miracle, neighbors and everybody begin to come. Let me tell you, if we are afraid of, uh, you know, politically correct because a Muslim is going to kill you, so we cannot say anything. When God speaks, we got to move in anointing and the power of God to do something what God is asking us to do, amen? There is no time for keeping, you know, mamby-pamby about no more. We got to move in power of God. Amen. Jesus is coming soon, amen? amen? So, I want you to move in his Power of God, so that effect and, and according to original contract. What is our original contract? Book of Acts is our original contract. And that's what we need to resurrect. If we go back there, that's what, and that thing is beginning to take place. Book of Acts is continuing on in this Bethel Christian Center in 21st century. Then revival has come. Hallelujah. Why? Because we went back to the original contract. And we have now retweeted, you know, and to make things happen. So that's why we need to go. Be glad and rejoice in the Lord. See, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So get rid of every spirit of fear. Too many people are afraid to go out and tell anybody about Jesus Christ. Why? Because spirit of fear is binding them. And, uh, you know, what if they don't accept me? What, what if they don't? Of course many of them will not accept you. But if it's all about you, then that's all you're going to think about. Why? Because you don't want to be ridiculed. But if we think about all about Jesus Christ, then we're going to be a fool for Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. We, you know, I'm not be afraid to be rejected. I've been rejected plenty of times in the nation. You know? But I move. Whatever God says to me, I go and do, you know. And so we need to be bold. We must not be fearful no more. Amen? And another thing is that in Virginia Beach, one pastor said, you know, I heard you going out and winning the souls but uh, in the nations, but you got to show us how to do that in America. All right, brother, come. So he never went to the street and win one soul to the Lord in his 40 years of pastoring. Okay? So I said, okay. And then four other young people came. So this is the way we're going to do. I have been in the American Air Force. God trained me there. You know, and uh, 1980, I, I think it's five or six, uh, you know, Hitler's headquarters, Eagle's Nest, has been turned over to the American Armed Forces. Now uh, we had a Holy Spirit conference for all the American uh, officers and their wives to have the conference from all over the Europe. So we had about 450 officers and their wives came for the conference and uh, right in Birch's Garden. And that's where God called me. Your training is over. I was senior captain, about to become a major, and God said, my training is over with you and go to Regent University. So I went there. And then from 1988 on, and God's been sending me to all over the world. You know, 1989, I went to Kazakhstan during the communist time. And I got arrested by the KGB, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I brought some books out there and uh, uh, 
CDs and so on. All of them is my live story of how God moved through me, and it's all about how-to material. So if you buy that, and every single penny goes to ministry. I don't take one penny for us because it's from the God story that I wrote. I have one theological book called uh, Kingdom of Heaven is at 10. It teaches you how to walk in kingdom authority and power. Another book is When God Walks with an Ordinary Man. That's my life story in the nations, how God moved in supernatural way. And so if, if you read that, you will be, your faith will be lifted up and encouraged. You know? So uh, I, I went to Romania in 1989 before uh, Ceausescu was uh, uh, you know, killed. So I saw communist country. And there was a lot of fear, and we brought the Bible into this uh, you know, communist country. Back then, we didn't have an internet, nothing. I tell my wife, you know, and my children were little, and pray for me, because uh, I don't know what's going to happen to me, because I'm going into the communist country. And we carried the Bible and connected the underground church, and there was a young, young girl by, named by Anita. She was 18 years old, and she secretly led more than 800 young people to the Lord. So she has a secret meetings all over. So we went in there and provided the Bible, and I baptized secretly in the bathtub 35 young Romanian young people in 1989. Yes, I was afraid of my life. Yes, I was afraid of I will never see my wife again. But you know, if God is calling me to go, I'll go. You know what I'm saying? And now I travel 103 countries, and I'm not afraid to go to the Islamic world. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I went into North Korea as well. They almost arrested me. I took uh, 12 uh, Americans with me, and I'm translating all of them, and three North Korean agents surrounded me. You know, and, but God, God said, don't show any fear. I'm with you. I'll take care of you. I was smiling at them. Normally, you know, Koreans get surrounded by North Korean agents, you know. <laughs> They begin to shake, and uh, I was smiling with them. I was joking with them, and uh, you know they were like, "Whoa!" They 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 were like, supposed they are supposed to be scared, but I wasn't. Really, God said, "I'm with you." That's all I need to hear. I am with you. When I was uh, uh, almost arrested by arrested by the you know secret uh, police in the, Romania, 5:30 in the morning, they came and broke our windows. I mean the car you know, windows, and they were coming to arrest me with the machine guns, with the red beret, four guys. And then all of a sudden, I was deep asleep. And it's a pitch black when in Romania, when you turn the lights off, you cannot even see your own finger in your nose. And all of a sudden, I, I you know, had somebody kick my side really hard, and I got almost, you know, oh, scream and got, got out of the bed. And I heard, in the pitch black room, I heard the voice, your life is in danger, pack the back and leave to the back door. Right now. And I packed the bag very quickly. And then I had two German missionaries with me. So I, I was thinking, oh man, Lord, go wake them, to, wake them up too because I have to wake them up. And as I was opening my door to wake them up, they were ready to knock on my door. And then they said, did you get the message? They too got awakened by the angel kicking their side. So we went out of the side door and our car was, you know, the driver's side window was all broken. They just looked inside all the papers, and four special forces were going into the, uh, you know, the building to arrest us. And we quietly came over there, put the car in neutral, pushed the car down to the you know, hill, you know, and then we jumped into the car and escaped out of Romania. And, uh, you know, but God said, you will come out 
of Romania safely, and God gave me assurance. You know? But one of these days, God's going to say, your time is up. I'm taking you home. Just like Billy Graham said, don't ever believe. You will hear one day to the you know, Franklin Graham, you will hear one day that your dad is dead. Don't ever believe the lies. I am more alive. Yes. You know, the moment you hear I'm dead, I'm more alive than, than before I die because I'm with Jesus. We don't live eternally when we get to heaven. We live eternally already here. Amen. Amen. You live eternally already. You're living in eternally. When you die, your physical body dies. You instantly you wake up in heaven. Amen. Yes. So don't fear even the death. Amen. We, we live forever already. Hallelujah. So be glad and rejoice in the Lord. When you are glad in everything that you do and rejoicing in the Lord, now you're a candidate to experience the revival. God doesn't give, you, give revival to complainers, complaining constantly, you know? And, and then, of course, we need to repent. Anything and everything that we do, and in, even in our mind, is making agreement with the devil or lies of the devil, then we need to repent of that. Because all those subtle agreements cause you to be neutralized. For instance, you know, I, uh, I tell some young man, you know, hey, uh, you can rise up and do the things for the glory of God. And many times this young boy said, but I am not educated yet. Well, you need to believe that God can use me now, then God will help you to be educated and be trained so that you can do the work. But if you don't believe just because you are not educated, I don't think God can use me. You already neutralize yourself. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Who's speaking these voices into their mind? This is the devil. Because the devil wants you to be a powerless Christian, religious Christian, right. just, just, to, just to, you know, existing, but not moving in the power of God. Well, those days are over. We've got to go back to Book of Acts. Amen? We've got to moving in mighty Jesus Christ manifesting out of us whenever he chooses to. Amen? Amen? And we're going to allow that to happen here. At the end, when, I go, when I'm going to pray for you, first thing is that you have to respond to the prayer. You know, like when I'm in the American church, hey, you want to be healed? Come forward. And like two people comes out. And when I look around, there are many people that are not feeling good. You know? So, first thing first, don't attach to your seat when the Holy Spirit called you, spring out, step out, come out to the front. That's the first step. Amen? Amen. And get rid of all the doubts. And, uh, you know, let, let God deal with you so that God, God has a power to touch you. Amen? And then just believe that your belief can... Jesus said many times, your faith has made you whole. And it's important that you need to have a faith to walk out. And do the things what God is asking you to do. Now when I pray for you in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is here. How do I know that you are here? Because of two or more gathered in my name, Jesus said, I will be in the midst yes, of them. Amen. We have more than two. I know and I know Jesus is here. If Jesus is here, he can do anything and everything what you need. You need a healing, you can be healed. You need a deliverance, you can be delivered. You need anointing, He can anoint you. You need a baptism in the Holy Spirit, He can baptize you. You need to be saved, He can save you. Some of you may be just saved by religious spirit. You know? No, you need to be really saved. Born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. 
then you will never be the same again. Amen. We need to become a passionate Christian. Amen. Am I passionate enough for you? <laughs> I am passionate about my Jesus. Amen. You know? I mean, when you love, like many of you married, when you were, just think about when you were in love with your wife-to-be, how passionate you were. I mean, whatever she wants to do, you will do everything for her, right? I did the same to Margarita, you know? But you are in love with Jesus. See, you, 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 if you are in love with somebody, you would want to do anything and everything he wants you to do. Yes. He wants to use you to do the things. Amen? See, the efficient Christians lost the first love. Church in Ephesus. What was first love? Love for God that you had. See, you remember when you were born again? First two months, how much you were so in love with Jesus? But as the days go by, you have lost that first love. And we need to ignite that first love once yes. again. Amen? And then love for the winning the souls. You know? You want to do everything possible to win the souls. I let, I'm the first generation Christian in my whole uh, genealogy that can go back to like uh, almost 900 years. I came from Lee Dynasty of uh, Korea. You know, and my great-grandfather was a cousin of last king of Lee Dynasty. And I have a genealogy book in my home, 12 volumes, and my name is written in the last page. Recently, we did a DNA test, and I, I don't know why I did DNA test for myself. And, uh, you know, I know who I am, you know, where I'm from. But the very strangely that in my DNA test, 97% I'm a Korean. Of course, I'm Korean, you know, I'm from Korea. 3%, there's a, like two... 96% Korean, and then 3% Japanese. So there's a mixture of Japanese. But then 0.2% European. And then there's a, like a, my genealogy, uh, like a, a yellow dots everywhere, and there's a one blue dots, right? And that happened more than likely, more than 1,000 years ago, right? And so I'm thinking, what kind of European will come all the way to the Asia? That guy has to be a Christian, right? <laughs> Don't you think? And somebody married that person. That's why it's in my gene, you know? And so this is my interpretation, but this lady or man came and met with the ancestor line of my family and married. So one man, probably one European man, married the Korean you know, ancestry line so that I have a little bit of European gene, you know, in my life. And eventually, see, the Bible said the blessing can come to thousand generations. I think thousand generations later, I became born again. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and I'm going to all over the world. And the, very interestingly, my European gene comes from Spain. So married a woman from Spanish, Spanish background, right? Italy, and then Ukraine to all the way down to Bulgaria. Guess where I went the most in Europe? Ukraine, Bulgaria, and that part, where the gene coming from. I went to Spain, and the Spanish-speaking world, Latin America, and places like that. So that, isn't that interesting? You know? yes. Praise God. So we need to rejoice. In the, we need to, of course, we repent. Repent of any wrongful agreement that you made with the enemy. Okay? Whatever the agreement that you made with the enemy, that is not of God. That is not aligned with the word of God. Then you need to repent. Because those things are binding you. You know, those things are, you know, because of the past failures, this is not going to happen today. Don't let past failure rob 
you of today's victory. Amen? Amen. Today's a new day. You don't, you don't evaluate what God can do for me based on past failures. If you do that, you're telling God, you don't have power to touch me today. No, you cannot judge God based on what has happened in the past. You judge God based on what the Word of God says. Amen? And your faith every day. See, I cannot preach to you with the yesterday's anointing. I have to have a fresh new download of anointing from the Lord to minister to you. Amen? It's the same thing. So repent of that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousnesses. Amen? Be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and love of Jesus Christ. We need to renew our love to Jesus Christ. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit every day. You cannot draw the power. 15 years ago, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I received the power of God. You try to draw that power back to today, no, it's not going to work. You've got to be filled with the power of God every morning, every day. Amen? Because today is a new day. And as the days goes by, the world has become a more difficult place. Amen? It's a really sad, you know, that 40 years ago, America versus 40 years later today, America has gone way away, you know, way off the line from the Lord's yeah. uh, righteous ways, you know. So we need a great anointing to transform this nation back to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's very important. We need to have a sound mind. What is sound mind? Denotes good judgment, disciplined thought pattern, the ability to understand and make right decisions. That's a sound mind. See, God said, I have given you what? Sound mind. Amen? So anything is not sound mind, you need to rebuke it. Not accept it anymore. Even the thought comes into your mind, you need to rebuke it right away. Because you entertain those thoughts, it's going to eventually cause you to be neutralizing yourself. It includes, sound mind includes the quality of self-control and self-discipline. Amen? And do not, con- do not complain. You know, complainer, God cannot use. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything, good or bad, or difficult time may come to you, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen? He will cause the latter rain to come down for you. The latter rain occurs just before harvest. See, God's going to pour latter rain this weekend into your life. And it latter rain is absolutely necessary for you to reap the big harvest, plentiful harvest, good crop. Amen? Without the latter rain, crop will be very minimum. All right? And I believe spiritually, God wants to pour latter rain onto you so that you can reap the mighty harvest yes. that God is pre- preparing for you to reap. Amen? And not only that, you know, for that to happen, God's going to begin to bless your individual homes. You know? You need to be blessed financially, spiritually, physically, so that you can sow into the kingdom of God. So you can support, not all of you can do what God has called uh, you, know, you to do to go out and evangelize young generation. But if some young people are doing it, you need to support them. Amen? So it is important. And uh, we need to touch the world, the ends of the earth, where the, this gospel needs to go. So God wants to bless individual homes. Amen? God's going to take, uh, get rid of all these uh, chewing locusts and consuming locusts that has been devouring 
what is rightfully belong to you. And when the latter rain comes, full measure of blessing begins to come so that you can have true 100% harvest that God intended for you to have. Amen? The sad part is that 20% of the people, I mean, most people uh, in America and even in the nations, walk in 20% of the blessing, not 100% of the blessing. I want you to understand. Devil wants you to just walk in 20% of the blessing. And you know and you know deep inside, I am not operating in 100% of the blessings. See that we need to reverse that. Amen? You need to begin to walk in 100% of God's blessings. How can we receive then uh, the lateral rain? Uh, Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's number one. We've got to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, I said to the Lord, next 10 years, you're going to have 200% of me because I'm going to give you everything that I've got unto you to mobilize 3 million indigenous missionaries. See, if you, uh, you know, if you think about this, try to evangelize the world with only American missionaries, it may take another 2,000 years to do that. But if we massively mobilize missionaries from Islamic, Hindu, Buddhist world, and let them evangelize their own world, there's a good possibility. Amen. We can at least allow these people to speak to 6,500 unreached people group, will at least hear the gospel in the next 20 years. Then Jesus will come. Amen? Can you imagine? We may be the last generation living that, that era of rapture can take place. You know? And in order for that to take place, we got to evangelize unreached people group everywhere in the world. You know? And so... Uh, as you partner with me, as you sow into what we do, you are going with us to touch the world. Amen? Not all, not all of you are called to go to, to the nations, but you can, as you sow, you are going with us to touch the world and train the indigenous leaders to do the, do the work of the kingdom of God. So we must evangelize our own Jerusalem, your Durham, and Judea, and your Samaria, and there are a lot of internationals here. I mean, God sent the nation to come here. And you need to have a, a ministry to international students. I go to Farmville uh, Immigration Jail to do the Global Harvest Network Conference. And the last three times, I led more than uh, 70 people to the Lord from 70 different countries. They're coming from all over the world. They come there, stay there for three months, and they go back to their own country. So, you know, Worden is a Christian. So they asked me to come and do the conference there. And the last conference, three MS-13 gangs got saved, healed, and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and fall by the power of God and crying in tears. And one of the MS-13, is a tattoo, is an MS-13, is from El Salvador. And he came to me and said, I never cried like this. I'm a top guy. I mean, last like 15 years, I never cried. But what happened? What happened? I felt the fire of God came to me, and I was crying like a baby. And I'm a, I'm a new man. I will never go back to the gang ever again. He said, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. I mean, that's the MS-13 gang. You know, uh, there was a guy from Iran. And I didn't know what was his problem. And he said, please pray for me. I pray for him. And he needs to go see the doctor to surgically do something and instantly heal. He, wasn't giving, he didn't give his life to the Lord yet. 
But he got radically healed. Next day, he and the guy from Morocco gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know? And the 18 other nations came, and so I'm going back there in June to do the uh, you know, ministry to internationals who are uh, there for a short time and going back to their own countries. And many of them, they said to me, we're going to be evangelists. And one guy from Mongolia, he's a Dhaka case. He was in America when he was four years old. All these years, he's like 21 years old. And he said, I don't even know my country, Mongolia. I've never been back there. You know? And so I'm afraid to go back. And after he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, Lord, if you send me back to Mongolia, I'm going to evangelize Mongolia. See, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they don't want to just stay in America. You know? They want to do something with their lives. Amen? That's why you've got to touch internationals here. You know, transform them. And we've got to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And sometimes I have to tell you, when I come to, you know, American church and sometimes they pray for, you know, can you pray for me, pray for that and pray for that. When I hear their prayer, you know, sometimes, ah, Lord, have mercy on them. <laughs> because their prayer request is really about their sustainability, you know, they want to be blessed where they are at, you know, I want to have a bigger house, you know, and I want to have a this and that. Meantime, in the other side of the world, people are literally dying because they don't have food to eat, you know, they barely survive. So you being in America, I want you to know you are so blessed. And there's nothing to complain before the Lord. Amen? So we need to thank the Lord for everything and to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Galatians 2.20, crucify your flesh on the cross. It is not about you. It is all about Jesus Christ and the lost soul. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The vats shall overflow with the new wine and the uh, oil. And uh, John chapter 10, verse 10 said, The thief, the devil, has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you what? Life and life more abundantly. When you receive abundant life, your vats will flow, overflow with new wine and oil. And you are going to be a blessing to those people who need a blessing. Amen? Blessing in Hebrew words is barak. And be a blessing is a barakah. Amen? God give you blessing so you can, God give you barak so you can be a barakah. Amen? So you can be a blessing to others. But some, you know, some of the unfortunate messages going around is that constantly receive barak, 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 but you never want to be a barakah. You know? That's not God's will. We need to be, oops, blessing to the world. God wants you to be prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. 3 John 2. Why God wants you to be prosperous? So that you can be a barakah, blessing to those people who doesn't know the blessings. Amen? And so you need to be a blessing. I will restore to you years that the swarming locusts have eaten. So God's going to restore you all those things that Satan has robbed out of your life that what was rightfully belonged to you, God's going to restore to you. Amen? And that begins with the attitude of, Lord, I'm ready to receive your latter rain in my life. And when you receive, power of God is going to begin to transform the things that you never imagined that can be transformed in your life. And then Ezekiel 34, you know, 26, 27 said, there shall be showers of blessing. 
God wants to pour out Barak unto you so much so you can be a Barakah, blessing to all those people God is calling you to be a blessing. Sometimes we can waste our life, you know, even many Christians, but God can turn that around and become a fulfilled Zoe, life of God. That means that life that Jesus gave unto you is like that life is not of this world. Life, self-existing life of Father, Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, God wants to give unto you so that you can be a channel of Barakah, blessing. Whosoever come near you, they will receive blessing oozing out of you constantly. Amen? And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and my people shall never be put to shame. This is what God is going to do with the lateral rain that he wants to pour upon you. Amen? And as you receive this lateral rain, God can heal you, God can deliver you, God can empower you, whatever you need, God can do tonight, right here. Amen? Would you all stand with me, please?